I'm up at that point. I got to eat something greasy or masturbate or my night's over. If you're telling me you wouldn't rather just roll over and let it happen, I'm telling you, you're lying. I'm not talking about technology, really. I just want like a hole and a bucket and some air freshener. A funnel for the ladies. I don't know how vaginas work. Um, that may not help. Do you guys like impressions? Can I do a, a quick impression for you guys? You probably, I'm sure some comics have this tonight. Every comic's got this one. Uh, this is an impression of an Australian jazz professor. You all have one in your life. Uh, an Australian professor of jazz music. Right, here we go. All right, everybody. <laughs> I like to start this class in a general sense. Uh, talking about the majesty and the wonder of jizz. <laughs> I'm not sure why you're giggling. There is nothing in this world more pure than smooth, unfiltered jizz. I'm a jizz expert. Jizzbos, we call ourselves. I can sit in a room with my friends, dim the lights. We don't even need to hear the music. We could just feel each other's jizz. Blackfellas invented jizz. That's true, actually. The white man stole it. That was an Australian jazz professor. Um, yeah, thank you. The last part wasn't historically accurate. We should know that. I mean, black people, they did have their jizz stolen by white people. It was very upsetting. Didn't work with a coming metaphor, but it's important you know that. Um, well, that's it for my time. You guys ready to keep this show going? We got a great list of comedians, one of which I'm about to find out their name. Oh. This is exciting times. Uh, hailing from Texas at the moment, but he had a chance to cut his teeth in the Bay Area, which I like to think as a comedian with relatively sharp teeth, it's a fun place to do it. Please give it up for Yvonne Garcia. Bienvenidos, señores y señores, en nuestra noche de comedia presentado por Bud Light, baby. Woo! Oh my gosh, guys. Learn how to speak Spanish or go back to your own country. I know what I look like. I look like Disney Channel Indian, right? But have you guys taken the opportunity to look at each other's faces? It's like a community college, guys. What are you taking? Hmm? Oh, man. Uh, I've got some specials here tonight, guys. we got got uh, $5 imports and $6 domestics. Those are just the prostitutes down the mission. Usually do that one at a bar, but we're here at Muni Raider. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no alcohol sign on the door, guys. But we can, we can have an imagination tonight. <clears throat> uh, I had dinner with a lady friend of mine recently. She was just spilling her guts and told me that her boyfriend of four years, get this, guys, four years, he was gay the whole time. I was going to laugh in her face, too, but I felt bad. I was like, well, because I was thinking logically, it was like four years. She didn't notice all the extra Starbucks cups around the house. And after four years, I mean, when you start a relationship, you need to gain at least 30 pounds. That straight dick will make you fat, ladies. I don't know. After four years, she didn't notice that his dick smelled like shit. I was like, I don't know. I think, do women even smell the dick when they go down? 
You gotta smell it like milk in the refrigerator. It's like it still says it has another week. Like your host said, uh, originally from the Bay Area, and I think it's because I'm from the Bay Area. I'm used to more uh, gay guys hitting on me. It's totally cool. But out in Texas, my manly friends can't take it. You know, they get the and they're just like, oh, what the fuck? It's like their day's ruined. And I'm like, dude, cool, cool it. Like you need to accept it because more people think you're attractive, dude. Nothing wrong with that. You're like a female deodorant. Strong enough for a man, but soft enough for a woman. Hmm. <laughs> I get my dating advice from Instagram. I don't know about you guys. And I, one of my favorites is this picture of this girl. You get two of them. First one, it's uh, she's looking good, right? Bikini, like a beach backdrop. And then the picture right next to it, same young lady, but in a military outfit and a gun. And then the caption reads, get a girl. I can do both. <laughs> Look good and support the military industrial complex, killing millions of people all over the world. Oh, shit. That's the girl you take out to ice cream. Two scoops on a waffle cone. Special lady. <laughs> San Francisco, you guys eat healthy, right? Those probiotics? Mm, we got to get those bacterial cultures in our tummies, baby. We want the long poops, right? And for the guys out there, like, if your shit isn't even as long as your dick, like, <laughs> bro, you need to fucking flush it out. <laughs> but it's expensive to eat healthy, right? It's like $40 for that shit. You go to the supermarket, and they put it in the fridge. You know it's expensive if they put it in the fridge. But don't buy that shit, guys. I'm going to save you money. Just turn to your nearest and dearest friend, spouse, and eat that booty. Free. Eat that booty. Save that money. I like that joke because I can sing, eat your booty. <laughs> just sing into the, it's going through the airwaves right now. Someone just driving down the freeway and just like, oh, fuck, what's that track? <laughs> Save that money. <laughs> That's a badass dude right now on 101. Does this go as far as 101? I don't know. It's probably a streaming. I started a charity out in Texas, and I, I don't know, I think you could sign up your kids if you want, guys. I don't know if you guys are into charities. We're about two semesters in. I like to call it Essays Reading Essays. It's more directed to the Latino community, I know. Only one lawsuit. I've still got a good rating on, it, on Yelp. <laughs> oh, man, guys. This whole school shooting thing, is this uh, making guys feel anything recently? I know, right? I feel like we need to find like a real solution to this. And I did some research and guess what, guys? Just no more white rappers. <laughs> a person's music collection says a lot about it. I'm going through these kids' albums and it's going to be like Eminem is just giving these motherfuckers way too much confidence. That's all I'm saying. I don't know who's giving them the haircut ideas, but I know they're all listening to Eminem. I don't know, maybe some Macklemore if they're, they feel something. <laughs> Today, I was walking by the beach. I was having a good time, and I found some guy's wallet. I looked it up, and it was a student from San Francisco State. And I was like, oh, shit. I looked through it, and there was only $2, so I didn't steal it. I felt hella bad. <laughs> looked him up on Facebook, put him away. He had a good time. He met me at Milk Bar. 
He didn't see the show. <laughs> I'm going to do a little bit of poetry for you here tonight. Mm. Mm. Join in, guys. Join in. Um. When a stripper dies, when a stripper dies, when a stripper dies, do they spread ashes or do they spread asses, San Francisco? Mm. Mm. How does a how does a meth head bake his cookies? How does a meth head bake his cookies from scratch? Mm. How does a how does a heroin addict bake his cookies? He doesn't because he's dead. Thank you guys, Ivan Garcia. <laughs> Garcia, ladies and gentlemen, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Do you guys want to hear another poem? You, well, you just heard like four. Don't be greedy. Your next comment coming to the stage. It's a hilarious individual coming all the way from Boston. Please give it up for Alex, she and Papa. Thank you very much. Best of the fest. Hey, give it up for Mutiny Radio, putting the festival together, doing the whole thing. Oh. It is excellent, man. Hello there. It is very nice when half of the crowd is my high friends. I love... <laughs> when 80% of the crowd is my friends and also they're high for the show. It's amazing. It's beautiful. I need you guys to come to every show. I need, <laughs> I need a traveling laugh track of people who know me personally and are also high at the time of the comedy happening. Oh, it's excellent. I'm gonna try to do some stuff. Hey there, we're not close friends, but we are now. Hello there, what's your name? Whoa, you go by what? You go by machine? Do you have a last name? What is it? Is it like, <laughs> well it's gonna be like, huh? Okay, I, th I thought it was like, Machine Williams, like, <laughs> oh, that's incredible, man. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, but that's fun. So, uh, yeah, we're all friends here now. This is very good. I'm going to try to do some stuff that uh, you guys haven't seen. So, um, my uh, last name is Jampapa. That's like my actual last name. That's a name that kids in school would always make fun of, obviously, but then teachers were in on it, too, which I always thought was weird. Like in the seventh grade, I forgot my homework, and Mississippi was like, oh, I might have to call your jam mama. <laughs> my whole class laughed. She high-fived one of the kids. I went to the principal's office, and I told him about it, and he was like, well, we looked everything over, and honestly, you're being kind of a jam pussy about this. He's <laughs> leaning on the loudspeaker, so the whole middle school was like, ah, suck it. <sighs> we'll keep things light, though. What do you guys think of the president? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and affirming, nah. I like that. That's good. That's good. I figured. I mean, I've been in San Francisco, but yeah, man. It's one of those things where, like, I understand that the number one rule of stand-up comedy is that you do not disrespect Donald Trump on stage. I get that. <laughs> but I'm bold, and I'm original. And if I'm being honest with you guys, sometimes I think this guy might be bad news. I don't know. I think perhaps it's been hinting at that. I just, now, I'm just panicking now because I thought at real Donald Trump was a parody account this whole time. And I wouldn't have been so encouraging. I was DMing him like, dude, this stuff is hilarious. You are crushed. The North Korea stuff is killer. Uh, 
it's weird man because like no one likes to talk politics with me because i'm like cons i'm a moderate i'm politically moderate right so like all my liberal friends call me conservative and all my conservative friends call me gay <laughs> yeah it's a tough thing man because i was uh, i'm bitter all the time i was a bernie sanders guy and uh yeah what in san francisco no kidding no kidding <laughs> No kidding. I did not know that was pandering at all. Uh, yeah, man, it's, I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, I was a Bernie Sanders guy, like a lot of Bernie Sanders guys I had never paid taxes before. But it seems like a good deal. It seems like a good deal to me. I like it very much. And, you know, one of the things was, the biggest thing to me was, like, I sucked it up and I still voted for Hillary, uh, which I suppose was, like, the right thing to do. But I didn't truly believe in it, you know? I didn't have a lot of feeling behind it. Like, it was one of those things where um, voting for Hillary felt like when you get a gift from an out-of-touch relative during the holidays, and, like, you have to pretend that it's good so you don't offend them, but you're not thrilled about it, you know? Like, you see, you see your grandma at Christmas, and she gives you the gift, and you open it, and you go, Oh! A book! Great! And the same deal, right? You go to the election, you open up the ballot, and you go, oh, Hillary Clinton. Great. <laughs> and, the, you know, and like, you know, when your grandma gives you the gift, she's like, she's like, we know you wanted a iPad, but we couldn't buy it. And you're like, okay, that's reasonable. It's the same thing at the ballot, man. You go there, and they're like, we know you wanted Bernie Sanders, but we couldn't buy him. <laughs> yeah. And like, I felt like, I also felt like she did a shitty job. I know that's not like a popular take. I think that she lost it. And honestly, the biggest thing to me was when, uh, do you guys remember when she called all the Trump voters deplorable? And it's like, that's stupid. Because one, you need those votes. And two, those people have no idea what that word means. <laughs> they have no clue. They're like, all right, well now we have to build the wall. She just called us deportable. Crazy man, I'm terrified they're gonna screw up again. Put up some shitty candidate like Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, that's a real thing that might happen. I'll tell you this much: if that dude gets the nomination, that dude will win the election because that dude has access to everything that we have ever posted on Facebook. So, yeah, so that dude has blackmail on everyone. You know, because what are you gonna do? You're gonna go on Facebook and you're gonna post your political opinion because these days that's the only way most of us can come. And you're going to be like, I'm not voting for Zuckerberg. And then you're going to get a message from Zuckerberg. Some time hop shit. A Facebook memory coming back to haunt you. It's going to be like, on this day, eight years ago, you looked at your hot cousin's profile 87 times. <laughs> All right, good response for a joke you guys have heard three times this weekend. Not too bad. <laughs> not too bad. I don't know, man, we got to make a lot of changes. A lot of things have to happen. Like uh, Ivan had mentioned, uh, the school shootings. It's crazy. It really is truly insane. It's tragic. And it's not so much the shootings that bother me, but the complete lack of action from Republican lawmakers. It's like one of those things where it's like, what would it take? Like the deaths aren't doing anything. What do Republicans care about? I feel like the only way you're going to get any kind of gun control at this point is if we make Republicans think that guns are gay. You know what I mean? It's kind of the angle we have to take with it. 
just got to be like, listen, dude, I mean, think about it. You grip it, you squeeze it, something shoots out the end, you feel really good after, like, oh my God, it's basically a penis. Like, if Anderson Cooper went on CNN tonight and seductively sucked on the end of a pistol, guns would be gone tomorrow. I have a friend who's uh, transgender. He's female to male. And he was talking to me about getting a penis. He was like, I don't know if I want to get a penis. And immediately I reacted like he was a tourist. I was like, you got to get the penis. You got to get the penis. It's a vital part of the experience. Maybe the best part. And he was like, no, it's not that. It's just that so I guess when they give you a new penis, they have to take skin from another part of your body. And he was like, I just don't know if I'd want like a big scar going down my arm. And I was like, I mean, you'd probably rather have a big scar than a little scar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is like the arm scar going to be the new big feet? Where they're like, you know what they say about a guy with a big scar? He's got a big dick. And it's brand new. <laughs> yeah. It'll change crime scenes, you know what I mean? Like the cops will show up and they'll walk in and they'll be like, Jesus, and they see a guy, and he's sitting there in a bathtub, and he's got big slits down his arms, and they're like, all right, gentlemen, it's either an attempted suicide or a massive cock. One of the two, we're not exactly sure. I think you can tell what kind of a vibe you give off as a person based on how big of a bill you have to pay with at the store for them to use the counterfeit marker. You know what I mean? Where they're like, this lazy-looking lumberjack doesn't have 50 bucks. <laughs> I, so. I was at one the other day, right, with my girlfriend, and she walked and she paid with a $100 bill, no question, no problem. Same gas station, two days later, I go in, give them a 20, they mark it down. I'm a $20 guy. I was so pissed, they completely ruined that counterfeit 20. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was insane. With all the Me Too stuff happening, it's very hard for dudes to know uh, where the line is drawn now. Because before the line was like, way the fuck over there! And they're like, we're going to bring that shit back, come on. It's one of those things where I was talking to my friend, and, and everyone tries to give you a simple solution for it. So she goes like, okay, here's the rule. If you can say it to your mom, you can say it to a woman on the street. So I've been walking up to women on the street and just saying, I love you. Also, I need some money. <laughs> it's not going great. I think it's because they have earbuds in all the time. And like, you're not supposed to talk to women when they have earbuds in. But it's like, if I can't talk to you while you have earbuds in, how am I supposed to tell you you should smile more? I thought that was going to do better. Uh. <laughs> uh, what do I want to leave you guys with here? This is really fun, man. So I, um, I'll do this. I know that we have an issue right now, especially with Me Too coming to light, when dick pics are like a regular thing that happens. Like, it's not surprising to me that dick pics happen, but the fact that it's like a go-to move for a lot of guys is surprising to me. And like it's, like, it's like you couldn't do that back in the day, right? Like, you had to be a gentleman with things. You had to take your time. You take a Polaroid of your penis, put it in an envelope, and you would mail it to her. That's how things were. Furthermore, the dick pic is never going to be the deciding factor. 
That's never going to be the thing that gets you laid. There is no woman here right now who's like, if only I could find a man with a penis. I need photographic evidence of this cock. Like, don't send her a picture of your dick. Send her a picture of something that women find attractive. Send her a picture of you cleaning a bathroom. (laughs) Or depositing a check. Or just a picture of you not taking a dick pic. Literally anything else is a better option. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. This is a super fun festival and show. Enjoy the rest of it. Alex, she and Papa, keep it going for him. That was beautiful, man. That was beautiful. All right, this next comic coming to the stage is coming from Boston as well. If I've learned anything from this wonderful comedy festival, if you're not from the Bay or LA or Boston or one of the mini Portlands in this fine country, <laughs> then you can get the fuck out. Please give it up. All the way from Boston. Bing quick. Going for Clay, guys. Great to be here. I, uh, I'm i going to jump right into it. This first song is kind of a very political one. Um, listen, I think we can all agree it's a pretty scary time to be alive, right? With everything going on right now, it's really scary. And I think a lot of people have a different idea of what reality is and what, what's true and what isn't. And everyone has their own belief systems. This song is kind of about that. In a world full of mysteries It's hard to know what to believe Everyone has their own truth And if we disagree We call it fake news But there's one thing that I know There's one thing that I know If you believe in ghosts You're a fucking moron I cannot help you Don't know what to tell you But if you see goo That's not ectoplasm That's just jizz, and you should go wash your hands. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right, this uh, I'm gonna play a couple more. Uh, this next song is uh, I gotta keep them tight because I gotta make sure they all fit within the slot. Uh, this next song is just a fun one that I wrote for literally no reason. Anyone here like to like talk shit about people? Or yeah, all right. Uh, no, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna talk shit about you later, Willie. You're all right. Never mind. Um, I know him. Uh, this song is uh, about. I think it's fun just to say really mean things about people sometimes to wish horrible things. Like I got in a fight with somebody and I just said uh, to him one time, "I hope everyone's ever told you they loved you was lying," <laughs> to the guy's face, and it was really fun how much it pissed him off. Anyways, there's no point to the song except that I thought I would write the meanest things possible you could wish on somebody, and it's gonna get really dark, and then it'll get even darker, and so it's gonna be fun. <laughs> it's fun to say mean things. About the people we don't like So I took time to write all these mean things 
I got no idea what they did to deserve such hate. So I've just left all this needlessly vague. I hope you get an itch in a place where you can never scratch it. I hope you stub your toe real bad when you trip over your best friend's casket. I hope your dog gets hit by a dump truck and the dump truck is full of dead dogs. I hope everyone that comes to your funeral is only there to applaud. I hope you're getting diabetes and the doctor amputates the wrong foot. I hope you get a list that asks who loves you and you have no names to put. I hope you win an election to be leader of the KKK. And I hope you never get laid again, but you somehow still get AIDS. Cause it's fun to say mean things about people that we don't like. So I took time to write all of these mean things. I hope you get a new pair of shoes that won't stop giving you blisters. I hope the next time you see your grandma, she makes you play Naked Twister. I hope you can't find your car keys cause you're too poor to own a car. And I hope you have a real big penis shaped forehead scar. Hope you do something really cool and then nobody remembers. I hope you win an award for having the most dead family members. And then they take it away when they find out you're adopted. I hope your kids get all straight A's writing essays about how much you suck. And I hope you escape a burning building and then get hit by the fire truck. And the fire truck's also full of dead dogs. <laughs> I hope every time you get excited, it makes you shit your pants. I hope the next time that you get excited is your wedding during the first dance. I hope every single nice thing you do still doesn't let you into heaven. And I hope Groundhog's Day happens in real life, but for you that day is on 9-11. Which over and over and over. <laughs> burn in hell, die and burn in hell. And while you're there, go fuck yourself as well. Also, Alex, stop using my laundry detergent, bro. All right. <laughs> I don't know that it's you. I just assume you're high and use it by accident. Um, <laughs> it's totally you. All right. <laughs> cool. I swear that song's not about anybody. All right. Uh, all right. This last song, um, I'm going to try to do my best with this one. I'm having a little bit of a sore voice. This one really requires me to kind of try to belt. Um, hopefully, this song's about a beautiful thing of true love. It's about docking. And... Um, those of you guys that don't know what space docking is, this is when two penises, they, um, they come and they, uh, I'll play the song and we'll decide if you want to Google it. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck, this song's in the same key. It's not going to, all right, just kidding. Hello there, let me tell you about a beautiful thing. It's enough to make the angels sing. 
A glorious sacked from heaven that happens between two guys that can join their souls and open up their eyes. Cause no greater love exists than two men touching pee holes at the tip. It's called docking, space docking. Docking, space docking. When two men decide that they love one another, they put their dicks right next to each other. Then the tips of those dicks, they touch one another. Then one pulls his foreskin over the other. It's called docking. One must be cut and the other uncut. And then you have a match. Then the two dicks come together like a Chinese finger trap. <laughs> then they form an airtight vacuum seal and the space dock is intact. Then they nod their heads and they sit in silence while making eye contact. It's the most formal handshake that two men can have. The closest to becoming brothers without sharing a dad. <laughs> docking, space docking. Docking, space docking. Cause when two men decide to be on the same team It's not enough just to cross their streams So they link together their hopes and dreams By kissing their dicks at the part where they pee It's called docking Some will try to tell you that docking is wrong They'll say that Jesus wouldn't have liked it And that I probably shouldn't write this song But if docking's not in the Bible Then you know that it should be Cause the day we all start docking one another Is the day that we'll have peace Docking, thank the Lord for docking. Docking, we should all be docking. Cause it's a beautiful thing between two men. Their souls collide and their spirits transcend And forever after they are more than friends Cause when dick tips touch, humanity wins It's called docking Thank you guys so much If, if you like that song, it's gonna be on my upcoming children's album You can catch it on iTunes Thank you, my name is Ben Quick Have a great show Also Pam, now you see why I wanted to do that yesterday In front of Jesus Christ Ben, quick, keep it going for her. That was... Never seen anything that funny and romantic at the same time. That was beautiful. That was goddamn lovely.
All right, your final comic coming to the stage. You may have seen him on Fox. If you did, you were very sneaky because it got canceled the day after it was released. <laughs> but he is lovely, and I'm excited to see him. Please give it up for Micah McPherson. Thank you. Keep it going for Clay Newman, everybody. Keep it going for everybody in this whole festival and the last comic of Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Finally, Pam's gonna hopefully have a nice minute of relax, right, Pam? Are you gonna relax? Pam, thank you so much for everything. I've had a blast, you guys. She's amazing. You know, you should keep that energy going for all the sweet beards we've seen tonight, you guys. Some of you even performing, they have a sweet ass beard. I have to grow my hair out this long is because I can't grow a beard. Because guys with beards look cool, right? They're all smart too. They say smart things like, oh, you're perceiving reality with five senses, but tonight you have a sixth sense, sense of humor. Boo, ha, ha. I look like an idiot. <laughs> I feel like an idiot too, because every time I try to eat, I have to put my hair up to eat so I don't eat my hair. <laughs> now people think I work at 7-Eleven, which is pretty cool. <laughs> I'm trying to stop writing jokes about my hair, but they're stuck in my head. <laughs> Boo, ah, ah. One more time for not being on Netflix, everybody. I can't believe this this many people off of Netflix right now. Read an article, people are watching Netflix more than they're hanging out with their actual friends. It's because they got friends on Netflix. <laughs> Boo, ha, all 10 seasons. No, they, it's Yes, I'm an actor. Thank you very much. Live in Los Angeles doing that nightmare. Uh, Got to go on auditions. You guys, you know, job interviews, same thing almost. They ask you annoying questions. I think the most annoying question someone ever asked me was, uh, do you have any hidden talents? Yeah. I know how to make paint dry faster. <sighs> okay, most of you don't like dry humor. <laughs> I just got a Jesus audition. I didn't get it though, but I forgave them. <laughs> Boo, ha. It's going way better than I dreamt of. All right. I'm getting sued right now, you guys. I'm in a lawsuit because I uh, tried to sell tiny pennies. Called them bitcoins. <laughs> Boo, ha. Internet jokes, I know you're right. I just got voted intellectual's least favorite comedian on the internet. Thank you, 4chan. <laughs> They're like, what's your stand-up comedy like? I was honest. I said my lovemaking. I got tiny bits. <laughs> Bill, ha, ha. <laughs> glad, glad you're, glad I'm making the machine laugh. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> That's 
I had some friends in San Francisco. They uh, they're from they're from Los Angeles. Uh, they're here too. You should give it up for them. They're n they said they're gonna said they're gonna be here, but you can't spell flake without L.A. I love San Francisco up here. It's pretty spiritual, pretty spiritual place. Um, I'm a big sports fan. I don't know if you heard, but you hear athletes are meditating now. Yeah, they're trying to work on their hand third eye coordination. <laughs> Bo ha um. I try to be spiritual. I try to get my friends into the spiritual agenda. I got this new rule if they want to ride in the front seat of my car. Now they got to call Chakra. <laughs> my friends are like, that's stupid, bro. I don't know what that means. I'm like, well... That's the new rule. I need everybody's behavior to be on a scale of one to zen. <laughs> People always ask me all the time, they're like, hey, if you're going to cut your hair, are you going to donate it? I'm like, yeah, paintbrushes, <laughs> boo, ha, art. Because <laughs> you can do it, put your craft into it. <laughs> I can do it, put my craft into it. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> Continuous laughing. This is. I'm having a lot of fun up here. Like on this stage, not just in the area. <laughs> I've been sleeping on the couch for the last three nights. 32 years old. Comics couches. That's. It's not funny. It's just my lower back hurts. Can't sit in these chairs. We interrupt this broadcast for G Money and Woosteen. G Money and Woosteen. We interrupt this show.
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Alrighty. It's going to be a shortened version because I got that damn video game and it kept me up all darn night. So, I literally, I didn't get to sleep till fucking... What fucking time is it? Well, and it's daylight savings time. But that doesn't mean anything. It's still 10... My goddamn fucking thing. I don't think I'm that late. Yeah, no, it's 1042. It's supposed to be at 10. That's not an excuse. I just slept through it. I woke up at like 7. Like, I went to bed at 5.20. Then I like woke up at 7 because the new Jezeldick show was on. And uh, so I was listening to that. The uh, It used to be called... Rosenstein and Jezelnick. Now it's called Jezelnick and Rosenstein. J- JRVP or whatever the fuck. Junior Vice President. So, anyway. Um, been having a good fucking week. Like, uh, still not drinking. Still enjoying myself. We're still going to play fucking Crash Gibson because that's 15 minutes bring me into about 11 o'clock. It gives me time to roll a cigarette, half, half a cigarette. I just woke up and was like, oh shit, dial a cab and get the fuck out. So, um, I'm going to turn this back up for a second. I'm going to find speed while I go find Speed Gibson. And uh, then I'm going to pull up the news. I'm going to grab my money for my dues. I'm going to do something like that. Here we go.
speed, Clint and Barney almost cornered the octopus in Dr. Kingsley's home, and the attack that the criminal had planned acted as a boomerang and almost trapped him. He did lose most of his men, excepting the aviators who are awaiting him at his secret underground hangar. So, removing his mask, since it attracts attention, the octopus starts for his aviation headquarters. The secret police, meanwhile, are eating breakfast after a hectic night while a dragnet is thrown around the neighborhood in the hope that the octopus and Quan Wu will be caught. Just as they are making plans for the future, shots are heard in the garden and the boys rush outside in time to see Captain Dawes of the Hong Kong police enter the garden shaking his head angrily. What's up, Captain Dawes? Who fired those shots? Yeah, did you see the octopus? No. Some of the men said they glimpsed the Chinese Quan Wu at a distance. They called him to halt, and when he failed to do so, fired. But he escaped for us, Luck. He did drop this in his haste, though. A paper? Yes, Speed. It seems to be some sort of map. A map? Uh, let's have it, Captain. Of course. Ain't very big, is it? Uh, not in size, Barney, but it certainly is in importance. Do you know what I think this is? No. A map of the secret hangar that we've been looking for. If it is, then we have a darn good clue as to where the octopus is heading for right this minute. Come on, let's get inside and wake up Bob Gilmore. Do you think he'd know what it's all about, Clint? Yes, he knows Hong Kong well, and his knowledge of engineering will enable him to read this map quickly. And that's important. If this is the map of the underground hangar, we want to get to it before the octopus has time to fly out of it. Here's Bob, everybody. But I didn't have to wake him up. He heard those shots same as we did and was on his way down as I came up. Hi, Bob. How do you feel? Oh, fit as a fiddle, Speed. What's up? Captain Dawes almost caught Quan Wu when he got away again. He dropped this map, though. And I think you'll be able to help us on this, Bob. Uh, do you feel well enough to concentrate? Yeah, how about that head of yours? Huh? Say, I'd concentrate on this map without a head if it'd help lead us to the octopus, fellas. Anyhow, I'm almost as good as new now. Uh, what do you make of this map, then? You know, I think it's the plan of the underground hangar that houses all of the octopus's planes. What do you think it is? Yeah, and even more important, where do you think it is? Hmm, let's see now. Here comes Jing. Oh, good, he's just in time. Sorry I was delayed, Clint. I wanted to look over the ground where that map was found. I thought there might be another clue, but uh, I found nothing. We're lucky to get this much, I think. Uh, we are, Barney. As a rule, the octopus has no maps of his headquarters or anything pertaining to them. Uh, we're not sure that this is really important yet, Ying. Uh, Bob's studying it now. Thought we'd save time by giving it to him. Uh, meanwhile, I have something for you to do. Yes, please? The uh, secret police have planes in Hong Kong, have they not? Oh, yes. One in particular, a six-passenger monoplane, flew in just a few days ago. One of our men had it out on other police business. Hmm, sixth passenger, huh? And that's it. What do you mean, Ed? Well, that ship that we captured from the octopus uh, won't do us any good on our next flight, Barney. We need a larger plane, and one that we can depend on. You mean we're going to take to the air again? We will if the octopus does, and that's about all that's left for him around Hong Kong. Well, judging by the past few days, I think the air's safer than the ground at that. It's a cinch there won't be any secret passages in that police plane for guys to come popping out of. Gee, Clint, are we really going to fly again? Well, yeah, looks like it, Speed. I'll have to check with Chief Riley first, of course. But if the octopus takes to the air and heads into Tibet, we'll have to follow by air. It's the only way. Well, who all's going? I don't know yet, but there'll be more than just the three of us. I do know that. Bob will go, for one, and perhaps Gene and Dr. Kingsley. Gene in the dark? 
But, Clint, why take him on a dangerous flight like that? As dangerous as it is, I, I think it'll be safer than Hong Kong for them, Barney. Remember, the criminal organization of the octopus is worldwide. He'll stop at nothing to get rid of anyone who might be the cause of his downfall. The doctor has worked with us too closely, helped us too much, to be safe until the octopus has been captured and placed where he belongs. But what about Gene, Clint? If we're going to bed after the octopus, that's sure no place for a girl. Well, wait until we have to decide all that before we go worrying about its feeding. And meanwhile, Ying, I wish you'd find out about that monoplane, if it's in condition for a long and possibly sustained flight, and how soon we can have it. We may need it right away. Hey, where do we get gas in Tibet? I have the refueling station spotted on an aviation map, Bonnie. It takes care of Tibet also. Well, I don't care about it's taking care of Tibet. Will it take care of us? That's what I want. <laughs> oh, now pipe down a minute while I finish these instructions for Ying, will you? Okay. okay. Now, uh, the telephone wires haven't been repaired yet, Ying, so you'll have to go in person. And while you're out, you might drop in at the telephone company and see what's holding them up. Yes. The uh, police reported that the wires had been cut, but it takes a little time for the company to send repairmen out. I rather imagine that everyone is upset about the Xiong Dock affair, too. The British authorities, particularly. They are devoting every effort to the capture of the octopus. They've got most of his Hong Kong gang, at least. That's something. Yes, B, but as long as the octopus is at large, he'll find men to do his bidding. Well, better go along and see about that plane, Ying. Immediately, Clint. I shall report back here as soon as I have finished. All right, then. We'll see you later. Well, is Dr. Kingsley upstairs still, Barney? Yeah, stand with Gene. He was excited about the shooting until I explained what had happened. Said he'd be down pretty soon. Oh, good. Say, Clint, I, uh, let's see, I think I've got a lead from this map. Oh, you think so, Bob? Yes, now look, right here. These lines here form a peculiar pattern. Mm-hmm, I see. It looks something like a coastline. Well, but it isn't. From the bearings, it isn't far from the center of Hong Kong. Can't be a coastline, then. Not unless the ocean's moved up a lot since I last saw it. Exactly, Barney. And so, as far as I know, there's only one spot in the Hong Kong topography that would conform with that line, and that's a hill on the outskirts of the city. Well, a hill, huh? Is it with other hills, or does it rise from open ground, Bob? Well, as I remember, it's right on the edge of a plain, Clint. Uh, then, then that's it. There you go with that it again. What's it? That's the underground hangar, Barney. Don't you see? Now, clever engineering could hollow out enough of such a hill and reinforce it so that it could house a large number of pursuit planes, such as the octopus seems to favor. And they could use the level ground outside of the hill to take off and land on. Yes, Speed. Yeah, but how do they get the planes outside? That's what I like to know. And that's what we're going to find out, Barney. Get out to Captain Dawes and ask him to come along with a detail of men. Get them into the open cars and stand ready for immediate departure. Me too, Clint. Yes, Bob. We'll need you to show us the way because we're going to that hill right now. We may be in time to stop the flight of the octopus. Who? I did not think we would arrive at the hangar at the same time. I was almost stopped by the Hong Kong police, but I managed to escape. Good. I should not like to lose my most able lieutenant. And you, Master, you had no trouble in getting here? No. 
Without the mask, I attracted no attention. But I took a long and involved way of getting here, just on the chance that one of the uh, clever secret police might be tracking me. Shall we go inside the hangar, then? Uh, one moment. I do not want my aviators to see me without my mask. There. Now let us go in. Very clever. This small door in the side of this hill. So well hidden by bushes is it that no one would suspect an entrance of being here. The genius of my working men, Quan Wu. This secret hangar is the one thing I truly regret leaving in Hong Kong. Constructed in the heart of this hill as it is, with that great plain as a flying field, and no habitation near, no curious onlookers to see my planes land or take off. It is very valuable to me. Shall I close the hidden door after us, Master? Yes. It is enough to have the great hangar doors open without chancing exposure of this entrance, too. Hurry, Kwanu. Yes, Master. I don't hear the motors. They are awaiting your coming, Master. Do not fear. The motors have already been warmed up. Everything is in readiness. I trust that it is. Even though the secret police have no idea of where I am, I'm still uneasy. Palo came too close this last time, Wu. It must not happen again. It shall not, Master. By the time he learns of our departure, we shall be far in Tibet. And see, here are the men now. Hmm. Give the signal. I have a few last orders for them. Yes, Master. Men of the Octopus Band. We are leaving Hong Kong temporarily and are going to my headquarters in Tibet. You understand? Good. You all know the location, should we become separated. But I order you to remain in squadron formation unless danger or accident prevents. I will fly the lead plane myself and signal you what to do in such a case. You understand that? I'm leaving a skeleton crew here to take care of the hangar while we are gone and to keep me posted on local affairs. Those whom I have selected for this crew already have their orders and will remain here until further word from me. The rest of you, to your plane. Master, the alarm is signal of approaching danger. Quiet! Quiet! All of you, quiet! See what it is, Kwanu. Here comes the sentry now. Master, the police have been sighted. They come this way towards the hill. The police? Then they know of this hangar. Follow knows where I am. Quick, into your plane, Master. Start your motors, all of you. Prepare for instant flight as soon as the doors are rolled back. And have your machine guns ready, too. Shoot your way out. You, sentry, give the signal to open the hangar doors as soon as I am in my plane. Yes, Master. It shall be done. Quick, one move. We haven't a minute to lose. I am to fly with you, Master. Yes, the plane I am using is a two-seater. Come this way. How could the secret police have guessed where the hangar was located? Who can tell what the secret police would guess? Farrow has a plane that he could only by his instinct. Here, this is the plane, Wu. Get in. Look. The hangar doors are about to open. Yes. And we are ready for flight, Wu. <laughs> Let us see how Farrow and his secret police like the taste of our machine guns as we fly over their heads.
Okay. Now, because I'm a fucking ex-cook and I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's 11, it's, a, it's 11 o'clock right now, as I said. I did everything I was going to do, except, in fact, I did one extra thing because it came up accidentally. Uh, and, um, so what happens is... I still, the ATM across the street isn't working, so I have to go run and find another one so I get the cash, so I can pay my dues. So we're gonna, you're gonna listen to one more Speed Gibson, but we're still gonna get the news and everything else, okay? Speed Gibson of the International Secret Police. of a map that Quan Wu dropped, Speed, Clint, Barney, and a detail of police are able to locate the secret hangar of the octopus. Before they can reach the hill which houses the planes of the criminal, however, Wu and the octopus arrive there and prepare for an immediate takeoff for Tibet. Just before the huge doors are rolled back to allow the planes to taxi out on the landing field, a lookout announces the arrival of the secret police, and the octopus orders his aviators to blast them with their machine guns as they zoom over their heads. Meanwhile, the boys in the police cars approach the hill that was indicated on the map. Yeah, this is the place, all right, Clint. You can see the peculiar formation of the baseline even from a car. Yeah, that's right, Bob. Pull up a minute, driver. The other machines are stopping, too, Clint. And Captain Dawes is getting out and heading this way. Probably wants to know what we're going to do next, and so do I. Just what are we going to do, uh, Clint? I'll we'll have to talk that over, Bonnie. Bob, uh, I believe that the main entrance to that hangar is facing this way, don't you? Oh, yes. Those mountains behind this hill certainly don't provide any sort of a landing field. This flat area is the only answer to such a problem. I don't see how that hill could really be a hangar, Bob. It's just like any of the other hills around here. That's what it is, Speed, according to this map. And you should know by now how clever the octopus is at hiding his tracks from your experience at the Siang Dock, Speed. I'll say so. Well, might as well cut off your motor driver. We'll go off from here by foot. Yes, sir. Anything wrong, Mr. Baldo? I don't think we'd better stay in the cars now, Captain Dawes. They provide too good a target should the octopus decide to attack. Mm-hmm. What do you think about spreading the men out into a fan-shaped advance? Now, judging from this map, we're facing the entrance to the hangar now. Very good, sir. All right, and they better carry tear gas bombs, too. I hope that we can surprise the octopus and his gang before they take off. Once they're in the air, we won't have a chance of stopping them. I'll give those orders to the men now, Mr. Barlow. What I want to know is, how are we going to surprise anybody that's sitting in the middle of a hill? Uh, we certainly won't by sitting in this car. All right. Pile out, everybody. Pile out, everybody. 
bad as daylight. We'd have a better chance if it was dark, wouldn't we? No, not necessarily, Speed. It's going to be hard enough to find the entrance to the hangar in daylight, much less in the dark. The map shows us one entrance, a small one, but I can't find any trace of a larger one, and it must exist. How else could they get the planes out? Say, nothing bothers that octopus guy. He probably catapults them out of the top of the hill like a volcano. You ready, Mr. Barlow? Golly, didn't take the captain long to station his men. Well, we'll have to work fast on this job. I'm just hoping that the octopus has pulled in his lookouts. Suffering wangdoodles. I never thought of them. Maybe he knows we're out here. You'll have to chance that, Barney. There's been no sign of anything yet. He probably thinks himself completely safe and he's drawn in all his outposts. Oh, Bob. Yes, Clint. Comparing the hill with the map, now, where would you say the entrance was located? Uh, by that clump of bushes near the base. I see. Then we'll make that objective. Uh, will you take that message to Captain Dawes? All right. Right away, Clint. Now, let's see now. I don't think there's anything we've overlooked. We're all armed and have plenty of ammunition. As long as the octopus stays on the ground, we have an even chance. But if he takes to the air before we catch up with him, we should have brought anti-aircraft guns along. Oh, don't be a sap, Barney. This isn't a war. Uh, tell that to the octopus. Look, Bob's waving his arm. They're all ready to go, Clint. Yeah, okay, stay beside me, Maspeed, and follow orders to the letter. Yes, sir. Advance! On the double quick! All right, Clint, advance! Boy, if you ask me, we got plenty of what it takes... Going after the octopus gang like this in broad daylight. Not many guys that'd do it. Oh, stop bragging and save your breath. That lot will need it if the octopus gang spots us before we get to some sort of protection. Yeah. It's sure out in the open now. Hey, look. The whole side of the hill is moving back. Look, the doors of the secret hangar. Those planes will be taxing out for a takeoff at any minute. All you men. Charge! Look at that black and silver plane leading them out. I'll bet my bottom dollar that's the octopus plane. Look, Quan Wu, the police are ahead. Too bad. Now they know where the secret hangar is hidden. But their knowledge won't do them any good after my gunners get through with them, Wu. Even should one escape, the hangar will no longer be safe for us. The last link with Hong Kong will be broken. None shall escape. Strung out in the line as they are, they're entirely at my mercy. Fasten your safety belt, Quan Wu. I'm about to take off. Yes, Master. upon the police. Is there any danger of them shooting us down? I shall be careful to stay out of range of their gunfire. I shall signal to my gunners to open fire at the proper moment, and then the police will think only of seeking cover instead of returning fire. Look, we are almost upon them. Yes, and I shall give the signal to commence firing while we climb to a safer altitude. How can you signal? With the wings of my plane, like this. The planes are dropping below us. <laughs> to fire upon our secret police. <laughs> See, they're beginning to seek cover already. 
They will be hard to hit from a plane. Yes, but our fire will stop any notion that they may have of bringing us down. My gunners have begun the attack. And the police are dropping to the earth. They think to find safety by doing so. <laughs> but I do not think they were wise to make such a move. Look, they are returning our fire. What? Yes. See? Those three just below us. Clint Barlow and Barney Dunlap. I might have known. But look, there's another plane bearing down upon them. They will never live through that hail of bullets. <laughs> no, no, they will not. And the rest of the police are stretched out on the plane, too. <laughs> My gunners have done a good job. I shall give them the signal to rejoin me. They have seen your signal. They are beginning to gain altitude. And when they are in position, we shall resume our flight to Tibet without the interference of the police. How about you? Okay, but don't move. No one must move until those planes are out of sight. Boy, oh boy. I thought we was going ashore when that one plane nosed down toward us. Them machine gun bullets was making all sorts of fancy pictures in the dust around me. Getting closer and closer until that guy's gun jammed. Figured he'd gotten us by that time. Yes, the aviators of the octopus gang can fly better than their gunners can shoot. Lucky for us. I wonder how Captain Dawes' men fared. Not so good, judging from them groans. Let's go see. No, no, wait. Those planes aren't quite out of sight yet. They will be in a minute. Then what, Clint? Then we'll go to the secret hangar. I can see a few men moving about in there now, but they're paying no attention to us. Evidently think we're done for and want to close the hangar doors before anyone else should discover it. Think we can get the jump on them before that happens? Sure, and we can begin right now. The planes are out of sight. Quick, on your feet and keep your guns ready in case the gang inside the hangar should try an attack. Just let him try it. Look, isn't that Captain Dawes getting up? Yes, come on, let's get over there to him. Looks like quite a few of the police missed getting hit. Guess them flyers were more interested in getting away from here than in target practice. Oh, oh Captain Dawes. Yes, Marlowe. How on earth did you ever escape that aerial attack? I saw that one plane heading right down for you. I thought you were done for. His gun jammed, Captain. How many of your men are left, Captain? We'll soon see. Uh, Come on, man. Yeah. Well, it's not as bad as I thought. Those octopus gunners are bad shots. Yes, we have a few wounded men that should be cared for immediately, but no fatalities as far as I can see. How about taking the wounded over to the hangar out of this sun? They probably have a phone there, too, so as we can call an ambulance and also let Ying know where we are. Yeah, but we'll have to capture the hangar first. Remember, some more of the octopus gangsters are in there. They'll probably try to shoot their way to freedom. Oh, Speed, you stay here and watch over the wounded men. Now, Captain Dawes, call your men for another advance. And this time, we'll be on an equal footing with the enemy. Very well, Bellow. Clint, please let me go into the hangar with you. No, no, Speed. It's more important that you stay here with the wounded. We can take care of the few men left in the hangar. There may be more than you think. Orders, Speed. Oh, yes, sir. Hey, let's get going. Everything's quiet in the hangar so far. 
Let's get over there before they decide we'll make good targets. Okay, let's go. Hey, do you think Speed will be all right back there alone, Clint? Uh, yes. Besides, we'll be alone long. I don't think it'll take much time to round up the bunch in the hangar. See what we're going to do. They're going to try and close the hangar doors. Surrender. Oh, we fire. We might give them a shot or so over their heads so as they'll know we really mean it. Right, but aim high. Say, running this way, I couldn't hit anything if I tried. That convinced them. Yeah. Look at them throwing down their guns and coming towards us with their hands in the air. Not much courage there. We probably think if we lived through the machine gun bullets from the plane, nothing they could do could harm us. It won't take any charge of the beggars, though. It's off the enemy. Well, well, they're busy with that. Let's take a look in the hangar, Barney. Okay. Boy, look at the inside of this hill. It's a nifty of a hangar, ain't it? Everything modern. Yeah, and so well hidden that no one would ever dream of such a thing being here. The octopus must have some magicians working for him to build a thing like this. Yes. Hey, Barney, look. Out where we left speed. Hey, it's one of the octopus fellas sneaking up behind him. A sentry that we overlooked. Quick, we've got to stop him before it's too late. kidding i'm not gonna play that the funniest part though is that um heaven is just brian adams doing faithfully which is really funny because he was on tour with them he was opening up for journey so anyway um fuck it let's play two seconds i was just seeing how close it is it's so weird brian adams is no steve perry
had to grow up with that shit. I'm good. Well, I grew up with fucking the other one, too. If you could take C. Perry's vocals and slap it on to heaven, maybe be better. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Man, but I kind of like I like the Canadian rough. <laughs> All right, anyway. <clears throat> Let's see here. So, yeah, well, the nice part about this part of the mission is, well, if one corner doesn't have an ATM, just walk around to another block and you'll get it. Same block. Just the other end of the motherfucker. So it's just so weird because in this area of the mission, it's always, everything looks like a house. So I think I've said that before, but who cares? Maybe you're new. Now you know. It's another gorgeous day here in sunny San Francisco. Oh, man. I can't believe. Well, I can't believe. I I knew it when I was asleep. I was like, or before I was asleep, I was like, man, if you fuck. <laughs> Oh, man, I was like, dude, if you don't, and then, because, you know, and then, there it is. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I like I said, I just walked back in the door, so I'm just looking up um, my little website here. We'll bring up Old Naked Capitalism, and uh, we'll get all that shit did. But, uh... Man, you want to, uh, I was looking at a, um, uh, Matt Taibbi article, um, and it was about, how come no one's talking about how fucking much of a nihilist Trump is? <laughs> because, um, I guess it's like the, you know, the national, or like world safety, world health safety type shit. They were like... Even if America, like, stopped driving today, basically, well, it, it might do something, but highly doubtful, like, if everybody just stopped driving. It's economically unfeasible. That's one of them. And then, like, it's something like it's impractical and something unfeasible. And it was just like, ugh. And that was when, that was uh, back when the Kavanaugh thing was still a huge deal, which it should still be a huge fucking deal. Ugh. That's the, of all the bullshit that went down in his presidency so far, honestly, and it's fucked up because he's done some fucked up shit, like that whole separating kids from their parents at the border and not doing any record keeping, so these kids are just lost? In the, they're just, uh, as, as my people would say, they are in the system. They're fucked. Yeah, they are fizzed. If I mean, as far as if they ever want to see their family again, because they're like kid kids. So like, they, like, what's your name? I don't know. That type shit. Like, oh Christ. Oh. So you can't pick your family. You also can't pick your country, which sinks. Well, you can later once you grow up. All right. <clears throat> Links for 11, November 4th, 2018. Halloween was this week. It was Wednesday. I took a cab down here again. This time because I wasn't fucked up. But because I just, like, I didn't want to walk the half an hour or whatever the fuck it takes. Fucking cab showed up so fast I had to call him twice. <laughs> they got there. And then, like... 
it called me. I was like still in my room. It was like they'll be there in a minute. So I was like, all right. So I'm doing my head fucking like counting, and I'm like, this is past a minute, but they'll wait for like a extra I don't know, thirty forty seconds. <laughs> nope. I went down there, and the chick. Uh, there's this lady with this huge afro, and she's just like, she looks like a. Uh, oh, who are those twins from the? She looks like one of the twins from Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> just like a black version with an afro and like uh what are those fuckers called they have they're holding those like lances or some shit anyway that's what she kind of looks like and um <laughs> she was i was like hey man and you can buy two dollar joints off of her three for five just hey. <laughs> is that an ad i think i just did an ad for her <laughs> go down to what's her face <laughs> Just look for Alice in Wonderland. Just ask for Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, I had to fucking. So, I went down there. She was like. She looked up. She's like. I. He was just there. I was like. Oh, God. All right. So, I just fucking redialed him. And that motherfucker was there. Like. But then, like. I mean, he must have just turned the corner. And then got the fucking. Deep, beep, beep. So, he just turned the corner again. And I know it costs like six. 650 basically 620 635 i think from my door to this door and i was just i just gave him a fucking 10 for having to circle the block fucking twice and <laughs> we also talked about real quick about how um i was like man there's no fucking way i could ever like work for uber or even take an uber the idea to have someone in the back seat of like my actual car go fuck yourself man there's something there's a lot i don't like about that like <clears throat> just off top just not, without even having to think about anything the idea that like if somebody threw up in my car it's not my car if it's the taxis it's a lease and that's why it's kind of built the way it's built so they can clean it out you know but the idea that a motherfucker would like puke in my actual car and that smell will never come out. Oh, that's like the stain of fucking the gig economy. The smell of vomit in your the the, the smell of fucking vomit you couldn't get out of your back seat. I guess maybe detailers are getting some extra work. Maybe. Oh, I want no. Those fuckers would never do Uber. They just take Ubers. But it would be smart. Like if you worked like uh, when I used to work for Seitler. Um, Seitler. I used to um sorry when i used to detail cars down in silly valley in their parking lots and all that shit if it would be so fucking weird it wouldn't make any sense but if you're just that kind of go-getter or whatever the fuck or you just like people or whatever the fuck you get your little beater and you just want to do a set like you want to act like you're one of the fucking plebs and taxi people around all day i couldn't imagine like them then driving that car to silly valley that's their beater their their uber beater and then like having us just detail the motherfuckers so it's just all fresh and clean by the time they get back that that the, by the time they get out of work so like you know let's say they do it on the weekends we show up there on say tuesdays who cares so every fucking tuesday that motherfucker's fresh and sparkly ready for the weekend or eat mm. 
Anyway. Then you can park it, leave it at the house, and then just have it fucking ready for your weekend. Everybody's working for the fuck off. All right. <sighs> One thing I didn't do was buy anything to drink, but luckily I always keep my little bottle of water tucked away over here. So it's half drunk from like Friday, or, not like last Friday, but who? it's water. That's a nice part. Mm. Don't go by it. Oh, man. Speaking of Friday. That was a really great fucking happy hour, man. Jeez. Uh, Alyssa was there. Uh, Journey was there. Uh, Hunter Stare was there. Um, Arden and... Um, I always forget the guy's name, but he's really funny. He's like this uh, bald uh, dude, and he's just... He's so funny. And they went out. They just do so many of them. Like, they don't give a flying fuck. They went up and did like dual sets but like not at each other or to each other but to the audience so i'm back here and i'm like behind the booth and like doing the mics and all that shit and that was really really fun and they're just doing their bits and shit at the same time and audience crowd work and all kinds of shit arguing with each other it, it was just sort of amazing because <laughs> it was you know we, we do five minute sets but on uh because they did it and it was, jade was hosting so that was super fun by the way jade is in the um uh san francisco sketch fest this year congratulations jade that's amazing that's cool man i think she said it was her third time uh maybe third or fourth time uh applying for it and she got it so good on her she's very funny but she like i said she is hosting I gotta clear out all the chairs because she's in a wheelchair like you know like she has her own mic stand and shit it was really cool anyway it's a good fucking show recommend it check out uh whatever this week so if today is the fourth two days ago would be the second yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it was on the second it was the day after uh yeah yeah because uh halloween was on wednesday that'd make the first thursday second friday ding but yeah man yeah i just feel stupid okay shit let's hurry up and get through this because we boy damn it i'm up against the clock as it were well part of that's on me and i still have to pay my i still haven't put the money in the box yet put the money in the box put the money in the box all right <clears throat> i got all this goddamn energy from not drinking okay uh 11 4 18 november the 4th 2018 by Jerry Lynn Schofield. Jesus announced plans to return once the Dow clears 27,000. The Onion. Man shot by pet dog insists he didn't mean to do it. The Independent. Oh, shit. Cockroaches deliver karate kicks to avoid being turned into zombies. Ars Technica. I think I've heard of that before. Okay. Uh, probiotics of the plant world why soil microbes are gaining worldwide interest the australian broadcast corporation news anyway you know what here's the thing whatever who cares i was gonna say farmers know all this shit or like real farmers mustn't like know like a lot of that kind of shit just from doing it every day fuck you do anything every day for 20 30 years you'll know about the goddamn microbes i would hope all right um the new canon chronicle of higher education hmm. 
SI gets a makeover. Uh, physics world. Kilogram redefined. Hmm. Was it standards? Standards? I'm just assuming. Yeah, whatever. Um, the most intellectual creature to ever walk Earth is destroying its only home. The Guardian. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> Tell us something we don't know, motherfucker. Yo, B. Okay. That's from Ars Technicum. Wars over fish increasingly likely as countries use military force to protect, quote unquote, critical commodity. Again, from the Australian Broadcasting Corporation News. Um, glad I don't like fish. All right. Uh, business is big in Germany, but not easy, World Bank says. Handles blatt. I really, because of the way our fucking system works, which I guess says like our GDP or whatever the fuck, it's like, hey man, they're doing great. Fucking economy's rocking and rolling, baby. Right? I wonder how much of that, because on the ground, it ain't nothing like that. It's nothing like that for a lot of damn people. So the idea, I wonder how much of that is true in Germany too, where people are just like treading water. Well, one thing they don't have to fucking worry about is like healthcare. So that's a big thing. But anyway, who knows? Who cares? No, I don't. Yo no say. Okay. Uh, Brexit revealed Mar- Theresa May's secret Brexit deal. Oof. From the Times of London. Let's see. The front page claim. <laughs> Brexit, the pivoting May, eureferendum.com, and a debunking. <laughs> Barclays and Lloyds among worst performers in EU stress test. Ooh. Lloyds of London. Yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> That's from the paywalled fuckers, the Financial Times. Waste watch. I guess I, I wonder if that falls in the uh, class of shit. If you got to ask, you can't afford it type shit. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> well, how much is it to get into the paywall? You got to ask, motherfucker. You can't afford it. Isn't that a weird... I always thought that was a weird, weird, fun, kind of fucked up, really bougie kind of way of looking at the world. Kind of cool, though. <laughs> it's re- You know what? That just It speaks to my, my uh, shallow, greedy selfishness. <laughs> it speaks directly to that bullshit. Ugh, I hate that part of me. And I hate that part of me. Hee <laughs> <laughs> oh, My voice is all fucked up this morning. Anyway. Waste. Watch. Waste. Watch. Not waste watchers. Waste. Watch. Shipping industry cracks down on plastic waste. Tree hugger. Two years since Pakistan's Gandhi. Oh, no. God. God. Ani, Gadani, shipbreaking disaster. Why are workers still dying? Good question. Um, that's from the SCMP from JT McPhee. 
Uh, cancer-linked chemicals manufactured by 3M are turning up in drinking water, of course. Bloomberg, another paywall fucker. Well, yeah, I think you give. I think they'll. I think they're one of those first ones free type shit, like the Times. The Times will give you like three articles a month. Thanks, Times. Fuck off. And man, and they, boy, you know what? I am not a copy editor, but <laughs> and I'm not even like a pedant. I don't give a fuck really about like words too tough, right? Just get the idea out. <clears throat> the Times is fucking up. Anyway. Big Brother is watching you watch Chinese-style, quote-unquote, digital authoritarianism grows globally, study. It's not Chinese-style. That's just <laughs> internet-style. Anyway, um, <clears throat> TSA gives... That's, you know what that is? That's a government that doesn't trust its own fucking people because it knows it's being shitty to them. If you're not being shitty to your people, you shouldn't have to fucking be an authoritarian because they already like living there you idiot anyway whatever all right kill me oh wait tsa gives green light to test new technology that can screen passengers from 25 feet away oh i bet that's healthy la times all right kill me now what michelle obama should go high and kick writes Kesey Lamont, Vanity Fair. I don't even know what the fuck. I hate headlines like that that make no fucking sense. Like, what, what? I'll let you mull that over in your head one more time. Michelle Obama should go, should go high and kick, writes Kesey Lamont. I feel stupid. <laughs> You're making me feel stupid, and I don't like it. How much more is on here? Oh, good. I have a feeling that means I. My gut tells me that means Michelle Obama should run for president. A thing you can read. Look, I don't know that woman, obviously. But that's a thing I can read on her face from here. That that's the one thing she ain't feeling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here's the thing I'm not gonna ever fucking do. What's that? <laughs> run, you fools, run. Hey, cool. I got my dudes right there. Oh man. Sorry I keep sniffling. Keep sniffling. Keep 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 sniffling oh I, i'm just i have to look real quick because i know it's horseshit but i just have to see it's from vanity fairs vanities from the magazine the author of heavy that's kesey lamon takes on michelle obama's legacy and what may become after her becoming tour the fuck does that mean Huh, let's see here. Uh what are, what are we what are we talking about? Let's see the most dynamic and unparalleled line. What? This is horseshit. 
<laughs> Listen to this bullshit line. The most dynamic and unfairly maligned person to ever rest her head in the White House was not an American president. It was Michelle Obama. Uh, n- next. Uh, next. Ugh. That's why it says kill me now. It's part of the kill me now articles. Ugh. Boy, is that awful. I'll read that when I go home. It's going to be awful. I'm going to smoke pot and read that and just shake my head a lot, I guess. Obama rips heckler. Oh, <clears throat> realignment and legitimacy. Obama rips hecklers. Why are the people who won the last election so mad at me? So quote unquote mad all the time. Wapo, Washington Post, another fucking paywall. Uh, that is the question. That is a question. And the failure of Democrats who appreciate that legitimate anger is why we're here with Trump in the White House. Is why we're here. With Trump in the White House. Exactly. The failure to of Democrats to appreciate that legitimate anger is why we're here with Trump in the White House. That's exactly fucking correct. Democrats say Republicans are stealing the midterms. Are they right? No. They're not stealing them. They're just actually... Once again, I've said this before. Like them or hate them, they get shit done. <laughs> They they actually you know as much as awful shit like they they rally or, or whatever the fuck they rail behind their fucking core constituency that's for damn sure even while they rip them off on with one hand you know they'll they'll uh, social justice them that's the weirdest part they that's a, another weird part is that. It's that same, like, calling people faggots and shit when you're gay. It's that social justice warrior bullshit. That's all they do, because they think this is justice for the social order. But, you know, turning black, turning blacks <laughs> into fucking coffin food and all that type of shit. But, uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Democrats say, oh, yeah, yeah, criminal justice on Tuesday. What's up, Paul? Got here early today. Yes, sir. Wow. Hey. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Criminal justice on the Tuesday ballot. That's the Marshall Project. Forget about the candidates. What else is on the ballot this week? That's from 538. Here's a look at the 11 propositions California voters will weigh uh, on uh, November 6th, that's two days from now, folks, LA Times, note emphasis on affordable housing. Protect public trust by auditing elections. It's easier than you might think. Uh, the Hill, don't like the Russia, Russia, Russia framing. And I have a far better idea. Hand marked paper ballots, hand counted in public. What's so hard about that, folks? Can the Republic strike back? New York Magazine. Reading Andrew Sullivan's latest is usually a good way to calibrate the current state of pearl clutching. Class warfare. The palace and the storm. That's from the baffler. We got mystery Goldman exec at a 1MDB meeting. Signals uh, new, new woes for the bank from Bloomberg. Uh, we got the New Jersey transit commute mess. A level of incompetence, quote, I've never quite seen before from the always paywalled new york times amazon is hiring fewer workers this holiday season a sign that robots are replacing them quartz 
Two workers are, oh yeah, two workers are dead after partial building collapse at Amazon's Baltimore warehouse from Gizmodo. And from earlier this year, Amazon and Tesla facilities named among the most dangerous workplaces in America. Also from Gizmodo. If Jeff, Be- oh, and then on the same page, I got a really great screenshot of this. Jeff Be- Be- Bezos makes uh, Washington the second headquarters of Amazon. Show of hands, who believes this whole exercise wasn't rigged for this result from the beginning? <laughs> Let's see here. Winners and losers. Capitalism equals competition equals fair play. Amazon weighs middle finger in the face of capitalism with the uh, HQ2 ruse. It was always DC Metro in abuse of the Commonwealth. All right, we're almost done here. We got Sirakistan. We got Iran's Ayatollah Ali Khamenei. Uh, Trump has disgraced U.S. prestige. Damn, when Iran says that shit, you know you're fucked. Al Jazeera. How a Saudi royal crushes rivals in a shakedown at Ritz-Carlton. NBC. Not news exactly. Nice to see the U.S. mainstream media finally taking a belated interest. No decision yet, quote-unquote, from India on Russia's invitation for talks with Afghanistan, comma, Taliban, the wire. Is peace at hand in Afghanistan? Question mark. Anytime there's a question on a uh, in a in a uh, headline you can basically say no is the answer but that's you know what that's just a quick tip this piece at hand in afghanistan question mark foreign policy in focus not sure the deep ironic connotation of that headline was intended <laughs> russia metaibi oh yeah this is what i meant to read last night but i didn't get to it russia's biggest problem will soon be ours um yeah see she missed it earlier this week too uh india where goats drink first. Oof. Women struggle as coastal India grows saltier. Oof. It's from the Thomas Reuters Foundation. After U.S. relief, India works to pay for Iran oil in rupees. Good luck with that. Time of India. Um, how to power India. Modi tweaks the energy mix. Trump transition. Trump displays his contempt for the Iranian people. Hey, there you go. That's from the American conservative, for fuck's sake. Trump and the heartless presidency. New York Times moto. Wilfred Owen, a poet who wrote the Great War's epitaph even, it, it, even as it was writing his. 100 years ago today, Wilfred Owen fell to German machine gun fire. His mother received one, um, one week later as bells pealed to celebrate the war's end. Yeah. For whom the bell tolls. Wilfred Owen. There you go. All right. Pearl clutch. That's funny. <laughs> Somebody goes pearl clutching? Yeah. You know. Oh, my. Clutch your pearls, lady. All right. We got eight minutes. We're going to play some fucking music. And uh, we're going to get the fuck out of here. Short show. Sorry, folks. I went to bed at six this morning <laughs> i knew i was gonna be a little late 20 minutes ain't that bad though i want to turn into 30 minutes that's when i got a little shitty see the phone's ringing here and i would think it was paul but he's actually in the other room <laughs> So I don't give a fuck. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh man. Oh, you know, I played um, I played some of this. 
at the uh, the Friday show, and uh, that's always really fun. And uh, let's see here. Do -de -do -do -do. Sample ballot, California. Oh yeah. Here we go. All right, folks. And uh, if I don't get to say it, have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Give money, and we'll see. You.
we lost our tails Evolving up from little snails I say it's all just wind and sails Are we not men? We are Devo Are we not men? D-E-V-O We're pinheads now, we are not whole We're pinheads all, Jocko Homo Are we not men? We are Devo Are we not men? D-E-V-O Are we not pins? We are Devo Monkey men all in business suits Teachers and critics all dance the poop Are we not men? We are Devo Are we not men? D-E-V-O Are we not pins? We are Devo Are we not men? D-E-V-O Now, for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2019, applications open until November 30th for 25 shows in five days, 40 comics chosen March 1st through 5th. 2019 for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's our fourth annual, and we hope you apply from whatever part of the nation or international comedy scene you come from. Apply now through November 30th. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, for more details. Aloha, mutineers. Stolowitz here. People ask me, Dave, why do you spend so much time listening to mutinyradio.fm? Well, the answer's simple to me. It's the love I find here. We've got so many great programs here. There's something for everybody, surely. Well, maybe not the Hitler crew, but you know everyone else. Let me tell you about some of my favorite shows here at Mutiny you may not have heard about. 
Labor and Love with Bill Morgan is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Bill is passionate about labor, jazz, and solidarity, and he tells you how it is. No BS. If somebody gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. I always learn a lot from Labor and Love. It's educational and inspirational. The Common Thread Collective is every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. with legendary octogenarian hate Ashbury activist Diamond Dave. With help from his friends, Dave talks news, wisdom, progressive activism, and spirituality. There's also open mic time for music, poetry, and stories. Comics gotta hold off till happy hour, though. Oh, and check out Flat Black Plastic with Scott Walker, Saturdays from noon to 2. The title says it all. Classic vinyl albums with no apologies. Great stuff. You can listen in live to these fine programs on mutinyradio.fm or download the podcast at your convenience on Apple iTunes. What a deal. Authentic, real San Francisco love. That's what keeps our ship afloat. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com. Timstesseract.com. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things.
Spiegelman and I am Carl not Spiegelman join us every Sunday 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for the let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube we watch the best movies that uh, aren't they good well they're chosen by uh, here's you. his theme song again bye okay bye watch My friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastics Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off, for <laughs> it's in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen Summer Cottage.
something wrong with the world today I don't know what it is Something's wrong with our eyes We're seeing things in a different way And God knows it ain't His It sure ain't no surprise Wise man by the color of his skin. And this 